Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you're here with me today. We have a very special guest. Today we have with us Mr. Brendan Kumar Sami, and he is the creator of the YouTube channel Master Talk, and he is helping people learn how to overcome any fear of public speaking and actually learn how to be a public speaker that causes people to stand up and take notice of you. And so today he's here to talk to us about how we can master public speaking. And really, I think it's more about mastering, letting go of fear surrounding that. So I cannot wait to dive in today and find out all about that. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Brendan. Melissa, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me on. Now tell me, before we really get into talking about public speaking, Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into public speaking and, and how did you create this YouTube channel and start helping others? For sure. You know, for me, Melissa, it was all an accident. I went to college for business school and I studied in accounting, funny enough. So it's literally the opposite of what I do today. And while I was doing numbers, I started competing in these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing football or rugby, I wasn't really one of those guys. I did presentations competitively, and that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, Melissa, I started coaching, mostly for free back then, all the students in the college so that they could win competitions. And I accidentally developed a skill on how to coach other people and how to speak. So when I got older, I started making YouTube videos on speaking because I said, huh, no one's really sharing this stuff for free. So I just started making videos and a few years later, it turned into something I could, never could have imagined. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. And so you started off just thinking you were going to give some free tips to people, but now it's blown up into something bigger, much, much bigger than that. So tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. The, fir the first year of Master Talk, Melissa, was in my mother's basement. So I was just literally making a video on my phone every week. I wasn't editing a single one of them because I had a great job in, in corporate America. So I was just, you know, living my life. I, th I thought this was just going to be a hobby. But then nine or ten months went by and I got really fortunate. I met my business partner, my, my future one, who was much older than me, was a lot more experienced than me. And he is the one who kind of turned me on to making this a coaching business. He said, like, why are you spending 20% of your life doing this as a side thing? Why don't you spend 100% of your time doing this? So you could serve more people, impact more lives. So then I started taking it more seriously. I started investing some of the money I was making from my company into the business, more specifically to make better YouTube videos for people. And that's what scaled it. So today what MasterTalk has become and what I want it to be, that's the legacy I want to leave behind, is I want it to be an encyclopedia of communication. How can we answer every possible question on communication for free so that when I'm gone, people can still listen to these videos in a way that, let's say when Dale Carnegie was alive, he's the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, for those who don't know, right? Like it's cool, he does great knowledge, but we can't hear him speak on a podcast or share ideas on a YouTube channel because he just wasn't alive during their time period. That's awesome. I love that you are doing this with the idea in mind that you're leaving behind like a treasure treasure trove for other people and future generations to come back and look at. So tell us a little bit about um, public speaking and what are some of the top tips that you give people who maybe, I mean, I remember whatever I was in school and I would have to give up 
get up and, and give a speech in front of the class, I was always terrified and I would just have to look over the tops of people's heads just to get through it. And obviously somewhere that changed because now I can't shut up. I have this <laughs> talking so somewhere that changed, but um, what, what do you think are some of the biggest tips that you've given people to help them if maybe they're just like stuck in fear, if they have to public speak and they just don't want to do it? Absolutely, Melissa. So, so for me, the question has always been, you know, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of them is smiling, one of them's eye contact, one of them's facial expressions, and the list can go on really fast and re can get really confusing. So for me, the question is rather, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we start with those three, that builds momentum for us to go, hey, you know what? Like, I'm actually pretty good at this. Kind of like if we want to get fit, we go to a gym, we go meet a personal trainer, we say, hey, I need a custom diet plan. And the personal trainer looks really confused. They go, did you take soft drinks out of your diet? You're like, no, why would I need to do that? Oh, well, are you walking 15 minutes a day? Well, no, that's not relevant to this. So it's figuring out what are those first steps. So I'll give you the first one, but I'm happy to show the others if you'd like. So the first one is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like phone, like mouse pad, like light bulb, like home, and create random presentations out of thin air. And the reason why this is relevant is to two reasons. Number one, Melissa, it helps us deal with uncertainty because life is filled with it. Like when we're at an event or at a party, we don't come up to somebody with a list of questions and go, let's have a conversation. That's probably not how it works. And the second piece is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So if you can talk about avocado toast for 30 seconds, you could talk about anything for 30 seconds. That really improves your speaking really quickly. I really like that idea. And I, as you were talking about it, I realized that oftentimes me in my personal life, I'm rehearsing in my head what I'm going to say if somebody asks me a certain question or if they bring up a certain topic. And so that's kind of interesting that you tell them to pick a random word and try to think about like, what could you say about this word? Because it does kind of get your brain thinking and learning how to be flexible and, and uh, really, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, spontaneous, spontaneous. So I love that. So what are some other tips that uh, really work in helping people to communicate better? Absolutely, Melissa. And, and just to double tap on what you said, you're absolutely right on that. Because when we do the harder thing, right, if you talk about avocados or juice box or just random things that have nothing to do with their expertise, when you go back to like, let's say my expertise, communication or like health or fitness or spirituality or, you know, going, going to unleash your inner awesome, right? When we get into those pieces, it's like, oh, like I've already talked about this five times this week. So I'm still anxious a little bit, but I'm a lot more comfortable now. And that's the benefit of this. So for those of you listening, do this in the shower, do this when you're walking your dogs in the evening, do this with your kids if you have any. Just figure out ways to do it four or five times a day. And if you do it for a month, you'll have already have done it 150 times, which really gets results really fast. So that's one. Number two is the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Melissa, at school, at work, on a podcast, during a sales call. But most of us are not prepared for the questions that life throws at us. So I'll give you an example. A few years ago, when I started guesting on podcasts, I sucked. I remember some guy asked me, he was like, Brendan, where does the fear of communication come from? And I was like, I don't know, man. 
Like, Los Angeles? New York City? Like, you tell me. I don't know. So I had to fix this. Every single day, Melissa, for five minutes, I answered one question that I thought the world would ask me about communication or my products or services or just who I'm being in the world. And if you just do five minutes every day with one question, for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry and you'll be bulletproof. And that's number two. I love that. And so now, you know, I'm going to ask this. Did you ever figure out what, uh, where the fear of communication comes from? Was it Los Angeles or New York? Which <laughs> so it's close. It's actually Dubai. No, I'm kidding. So, so I did, I did figure it out. So I'll give you the best answer that I have now, which is clearly better than what I had before. And you actually touched upon it indirectly in one of your stories that you shared around when you were in middle school, high school, and you would always look at the end right, the wall behind the heads so that you would you would get out of there. So the education system is actually the reason why I believe all of us are fearful of communication because that's where we learn how to speak in a formal way. And all of those presentations that you touched upon indirectly have three fundamental challenges. The first one is all of them are mandatory. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Melissa, you want to give presentations all day and then get breakfast? Like, Nobody says that. Number two, you're never presenting something you care about. So it's never, hey, Melissa, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about nature? Are you passionate about media, interviewing, podcasts, personal growth? No, you got to talk about Shakespearean poetry, and then you got a history class to kind of survive through. And then number three, which is the worst, is every presentation is tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, you get hit in the face for it, you know, hypothetically, metaphorically. So that means you grow up believing in English class, in science class, in history class. As you do these presentations, you believe that communication is a chore. So it becomes one and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I will never forget my daughter had an English class and she was supposed to memorize a couple of paragraphs from one of Shakespeare's plays. And I remember even thinking when she came home and had that assignment, like, what is the point of this assignment? Like, I don't get it, but she had to do it. And she was terrified because the instructor bragged about how he made kids uh, nervous and so nervous that some of them threw up or some of them ran out of the class or they would just completely, yeah, go blank. And I thought, okay, that, why are you bragging about that, first of all? And then that's exactly what happened to my daughter. She psyched herself out. So she hatched, I stayed up with her. I mean, I lost sleep that night because we stayed up practicing and she knew the lines. She would say them back to me. But the next day she went to class, got up there, nothing, like a complete blank. And luckily he did say, well, you can come back later and try again. And I mean, she just eked out a, a C because again, she was so nervous that, and you know, when you have all that fear and those nerves going on, you can't access that information. It's like completely blocked. So I don't understand why teachers do that, number one. But number two, that really hits on what you said, which is that fear comes from having and being put in experiences that are uncomfortable to us. And then we associate forever speaking with negativity that is so well articulated i'm so sorry your daughter had to go through that and 
And that's really the key, right? Is when we have those negative memories, that's why we grow. That's why, by the way, I felt I had ideas worth sharing in the industry, even if I was a kid when I started Master Talk, literally. Because I was like, why don't we just ask ourselves a different question, which is, how would your life change if you're a great communicator? If you're exceptional at this. And it completely changes the dynamic from what's the point of the Shakespearean poetry that literally has no indication on the success that our, our children will have in their life or we will have in our life versus just going, hey, if you did the random word exercise and you just had fun with it, you'll get better at speaking faster and you'll develop a skill set on not having to memorize ever whenever you're giving a presentation. Yeah, I love that. And I love that exercise. Now, I want to ask you, if people work on being a better communicator as far as like the public speaking, does that also translate to better communication in their everyday lives with spouses and children and other relationships? 1000%. You know, my belief, Melissa, is that communication is an accelerant of dreams doesn't matter what the dream is. It could be, you know, being the next Tony Robbins, if the, being the next Brene Brown, but it could also mean being a better parent for our children. It could mean better, being a better friend for the people around us, being a better coworker at work, being a better business owner when we show up with our teams. So for me, it's really about, and that's what, what I've always focused on, is to me, public speaking is very rarely about jumping up on a stage and giving a talk. That's for a very small percentage of us. For most of us, it's how do we use communication as a vehicle, as a tool to make ourselves better. And one of those examples is going back to the random word exercise, what I like about it so much, is it serves a multitude of, pro of purposes. So one of them is the obvious, when you go into a presentation, you're able to kind of create ideas out of thin air. But the other piece that is not often under well understood is when you're having small talk with somebody you just met, like a stranger you just met, if you do the random word exercise a lot, you can quick, you can think really quickly on your feet so you can quickly adapt to those conversations too. I think that's so important because I think that a lot of people who are introverts and feel like maybe they have difficulty making friends or, or doing the small talk, you know, that I know a lot of people will say that, I just, I don't like small talk. And I think a big part of that is because they just don't know what to say. So maybe doing that random word exercise would be a great way for them to develop that skill of being able to talk about anything. So if someone brings up avocado toast and you don't really have an opinion about avocado toast, you can suddenly formulate an opinion about avocado toast. So I really like how you can use that in your everyday life and not just in public speaking. Absolutely. And for, for small talk, I'll give a little bonus tip, which is actually really simple. I'm, I'm surprised no one else ever said this, which is make a list of questions that you wished other people asked you and just ask that to other people. So for example, like if you ever met me in person, I'm not the guy who talks about the weather. I just go look outside. That's what the weather is, right? So I'm more about like, what are you passionate about? What are you excited about? What's your dream? What, what's what's something that you're that you're really looking forward to this year? What's a goal that you have? But what's cool about these questions is when you ask questions, oftentimes most people just reflect the question back to you. So you just go like, "Hey, what what are you grateful for today?" And they could just go like, "What about you?" Because most people aren't really good at conversation. You get to answer your own questions. That's the that's the key. <laughs> So make sure they're the questions that you really want to answer because they'll be reflected right back to you. I like Correct. That. Well, then you'll be prepared because you'll know that we're going to talk about my my goals for the year and not avocado toast. So that's a good thing.
Yeah. But it could be it could be anything. Like like if you're at a sports game, you could say like who's your favorite player if you're passionate about something else like pens, you're a pen collector, go to a collecting conference and ask people what their favorite pen is. But yeah, that's the thing. Now, I was watching one of your YouTube videos and you were talking about um the power of silence too. So I'd love if you could touch on what you think is so powerful about using silence in a way that is effective. Absolutely. So for me, pausing, Melissa, is the most important technique in communication because it allows us to emphasize key points of a message. So let's say before we share a key idea, if we pause before we share that key idea, it brings people, it gravitates people's energies towards like, what is Melissa going to say next? What is Brendan going to say next? So then what, what's, what you say after, people pay a lot more attention to it. Versus if you just skip it through very quickly, oh, okay, and this is the key idea, and this is what's this, people don't associate the same level of importance to that text. So a good way of pointing this out is you look at your presentation and you just go, what are the three, five, seven areas of this presentation that I really want people to listen to? And that's when you start injecting some pauses and testing out different ideas. But yes, it's very effective. I like that. Uh, as a teacher too, I know that that's an important thing to make sure when you're capturing someone's attention that they really understand when you're about to say something that they need to lean in and listen to. So I like that technique. Absolutely. So tell us, what are you working on right now that you're very excited and passionate about? Yeah, I would say for me, I'm pretty boring, Melissa. So I'm spending all my time just building master talks now. So creating that impact, you know, how do we scale this, reach more people's lives? You know, your daughter's like the best example for me. That's why I started master talk, right? When I was 21 or 22, because my thought process was, and, and I have a coaching business. I train a lot of execs. That's what pays the bills. But I think for me, it's like saying, you know, that 15-year-old girl who's in Cambodia, who's in some part of the world who can't afford a coach. What does that person do to get access to free communication resources? And when I realized the person only had me, it's either I make videos or they have to listen to some 57-year-old dude on YouTube. I realized I, I had something worth, worth sharing. So that's, that's probably going to be the focal point of my life now. Yeah, that's such a great resource. I love that you're doing that because uh, so many people you know they they have an idea, they want to help people, but they're just more concerned about the making money aspect. And the fact that you put these resources out there that are free for people is amazing. Now, do you do one on one coaching to um, for people in the area of communication? Absolutely. So what happened later when I started the channel? is and what my kind of my business partner helped me figure out is how do I monetize MasterTalk in a way where I can profitably scale a business with a very small group of people so that I can create free content for everyone else. So what MasterTalk ended up turning into is now today it's a private coaching business for like execs and CEOs. So I work with probably like 100 every year, 150 of them every year on a more intimate basis to help them speak better and communicate. And then everyone else would just watch my my videos, yeah. I love that. So what content do you have on your channel that you think is probably the most beneficial right now for someone who's maybe out there listening and saying, okay, I want to learn how to be a more effective and better communicator. What 
What did you put out there that you think, okay, go watch this like right now. You've got to go watch this right now. For sure, Melissa. I would say the most important one is probably the most popular video we have, which is the three daily public speaking exercises. So I shared one of them today, which is the random word exercise. The other two are the question drill and the video message. So question drills, we get asked questions, we write one every day. And I think we talked about that as well. And then the third one is just video messages. Make a list of three people you love the most in your life. Could be a mom, a brother, a client, a sister, and send them a video message for 20 seconds to just say how grateful you are to have them in your life. And if you just do that a few times a day with a new group of people, you'll get really good on video really quickly, but you'll also make a positive impact in the world. I love that. I'm all about positive impact. So I really, really like that idea. But I, I really like practicing too, because uh, I know I was working with a client once, and one of the things she said was, I get, I told her, I said, you need to have videos. You need to make videos and show yourself making your product and show that you love doing what you do and, and talk about the reason why you're making these products. And she loved that. But then of course it was followed up with, I'm so terrified to make videos and I'm gonna put myself out there. But what a great way that she could practice making those videos by doing the 20 second messages to the people in her life that she loves, because number one, you're gonna feel safe doing that because they're not gonna judge you. And you know, they'll be happy to get the message. So they're not gonna criticize and critique you. They'll just be happy to get it. But then it also puts you in a more comfortable setting to start seeing yourself on camera. So what a wonderful exercise, I love that. And you 100% nailed it again, Melissa. That's exactly why. I recommend it in that way for the exact reason you mentioned. So my advice is never social media at the beginning. It's always a private 20 second video to somebody you already know so that the bar is so low that it, it motivates you to even do it. But what's also cool, and I was remember some, a woman named Christina intrigued me like 18 months ago, and I told her about the video message. And what she did, which was really powerful, is she just sent two video messages to her grandparents who lived on the other side of the country. And for them, it's like, wow, I haven't heard my granddaughter's voice in like six months. Yeah. And that's the magic that we get to create. Yeah, I really love that. And I really, really love the idea of this being like a safe setting, because I think that's the difference between when we gave the example of having to get up and give a speech that you had to memorize that then the teacher's like, I make people throw up because they make them so nervous. It's wild. And, <laughs> and doing it in a setting where, okay, I'm just sending a message to people that I know love me and I love them and it's a safe environment. That's going to help eliminate a lot of those fears. And I think that will definitely help people ease into doing like the social media. That's the biggest thing when you're trying to do this for social media, you're afraid of judgment. You're afraid of what other people are going to think or say or comment or whatever. And we have to learn to let go of that. So I really, really love that example of using that technique to ease yourself into um, going into social media. It's a great idea. Absolutely. And, and then the quick follow-up point on that, because we touched upon a little bit, is what can we do as parents to, to get kids to practice? Because sometimes, like the example you gave with your daughter, they're in environments where just they, it just isn't safe. Like that's the crazy, honestly, out of all my interviews, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's nuts. So I, I don't know what school she's in, but let's make sure nobody studies there. But, but yeah, that's, so that idea is how can we do this? And the key here is to actually do those three exercises 
with our families. And for those of you who don't have kids, like I don't have kids, it could be with like a niece or a nephew. It's the same effect, which is you go up to them and you have them give you a random word and you give them a random word. And you don't give any feedback if they're kids. You just go, wow, you did so great. And then you just have them do it again when you're in the car or something. It's a great family bonding activity. The question drill, ask open-ended questions. A lot of parents ask their kids, like, how was your day? Instead of going like on a scale of one to 10, how was your day? And then they give you a number and then you go, oh, why was it that number? And then another question that I like as well is what's the biggest lesson you learned about yourself this year? That gets kids thinking. Yeah. And I then, love that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I love that because that really does invite kids to speak more because I've done the, how was your day? And of course you got fine. fine. But I love that it's so open-ended that it invites your kids to really open up and share and talk about what happened during, because I feel like they would if you asked in that way. Oh, 100%, 100%. And then the last one, which is the video message have your kids send video messages to their family members. So that could be an auntie, an uncle, like a, a super cool one, like an awesome like grandpa or something. And then the feedback they get, like, oh, look what auntie such and such said. And it really encourages the kid because they're worried about, oh, what if this video isn't good? But if the person replies with, wow, you're so good on camera, it really boosts their self-confidence and makes them go like, I should send like three of these every week. And that's what gets the, the ball rolling. Yeah, and I think that would be a really fun activity for them to do too. And then you also have this keepsake of this video that they sent when they were younger to their family member, which is also really, really cool. So I love that. And I can totally see how utilizing these techniques would open the lines of communication with your family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. We definitely need more of that for sure in today's day and age. I completely agree. I, I think communication in many ways is a lost art, but it's always been. I also think it's always been a lost art. That's why for me, like communication is really in those day-to-day -day environments. Like I'll give you another fun one that I like to share, Melissa, which is a sentence we say all the time in relationships, and I don't know why, whether it's romantic, platonic, just friends. We always say, I need more alone time. But my counter to that is always, what does that mean? Does that mean you want to be in a cave for two weeks where nobody texts you? Does that mean you want to walk the dog for 15 minutes alone? Does that mean you want to read a book in the morning for 10 minutes? So notice how when we don't describe what that means to us, it can also get internalized by other people as this person doesn't love me. Mm -hmm. This person doesn't want to be around me. This person doesn't want to spend time with me. So even when we communicate boundaries with each other, if we go from I need more alone time to, hey, you know, babe or such and such or this person, I would love 15 minutes in the morning to just read a book because it helps me show up better for our family and clear our mind. Is that okay with you? And when you do it that way, you just make the world a better place. Yeah, I think being honest and open and having direct communication is so much better, but you're right. It is totally a lost art. I mean, we look at all the times people get ghosted because someone just can't say, hey, this, this doesn't feel right to me and I don't want to continue this. But, you know, we need to have more classes where people go around and teach people how to share what they're thinking and not be afraid to do that. Absolutely. I love it. And I love this conversation and everything that you've given us. You've given us so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom, which I absolutely love. And I know you have so much more out there on your YouTube channel. So if there's anybody out there listening 
who wants to follow you or go and check out some of your videos on Master Talk, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely, Melissa. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. This is awesome. And two ways to keep in touch. The first one is definitely the YouTube channel, which is just Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak. And the second way to keep in touch is we do a free workshop on communication every two weeks. That's over Zoom. It's live. I facilitate it and it's free. And everyone's invited. Like an eight-year-old can come to this call, CEOs come to this call, and it's rockstarcommunicator.com to jump on the next training. Awesome. I love that. I love that you have so many wonderful free tools out there that people can utilize. That's amazing. And I love what you're doing. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing and for being here with us to share some of your wisdom with us. I really appreciate that. Likewise, super fun, Melissa. Thanks for having me. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today, too. We will have those links in the show notes so that you can go directly there and hop on to the YouTube channel and go to his videos and see some of the wonderful information that he has out there on Master Talk and also a link to the free workshop. And I encourage you to go and check all of that out. I also want to remind you that if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. As always, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with those you think might benefit. And also, if you want to join us on Patreon, you can see the video of this uh, conversation, which is always fun. And we go live on Mondays for a free card reading if you're on the Patreon page. So come and join us. All the links are in the show notes. As always, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. I'm sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.